Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Giannotto and Jeffrey Show. Coming to you live from Memphis, Tennessee. My name is Jeffrey Wright. You can follow me on Twitter at JWright929ESPN. Over the main studios, the Commercial Appeals lead sports columnist, the lead sports columnist, the number one sports section in the state of Tennessee. Top three sports columnists in the state of Tennessee, barely. Tied for eighth best sports columnist in the United States of America. He's on Twitter at MGNato. Mark, good day, sir. Good to be back, Jeffrey. I think that's uh first time, what, those last three shows. I know you called in, right? You, you were a better uh, co-host than me, but I think it's like the first time in four years of doing this show that both of us were out at the same on vacation at the same time if i can recall correctly that sounds correct this that was wednesday wednesday was the first day that i had taken in 2023 well i think i remember being in golden state for the playoffs and connor you were away oh that was when i was uh that was uh uh, my whatever two year late honeymoon. Yeah, but I was still doing the show from Golden State, you know, from San Francisco. I just had to miss little various portions of it because of uh, the playoff, you know, whatever availability and all that stuff out in San Francisco. So um, I missed it. I missed being able to comment on uh, on everything that was going on. I missed you, Jeffrey. Mm-hmm. And then you you revealed some big news too while you were gone. Yeah, I mean, it was I guess publicly revealed, but like my wife had told everyone at work like my friends knew yeah, it wasn't but like, like the, our, our listeners didn't know that our jeffrey wright is gonna be a dad soon yeah i mean you could kind of i think first you could, kid you, on the way i think you could connect some dots and i do recall when jeffrey first told me about the news a few months ago um i believe one of the first things i asked was like well like what's this gonna do for college football season i mean this baby's this baby's coming in what August, September, something like that. August twenty eighth. So the due date, which you know, I don't. I'm figuring out. You know, I mean, that seems to be more like a guideline. Well, um, it's like typically, like you know, maybe take usually like at least with in my experience and just listening to other people, like sometimes, oftentimes that first one, you know, sometimes you can go be a little overdue, if you yeah. will. It takes a little longer. The body hasn't delivered a baby in the you know before, and then subsequent babies. It's you know a little quicker. Sometimes it can be a little earlier than you expect. That's but that, you know, there's no exact yeah, there's, science to it. 
right now the due date is, I believe, it's well, the due date is August 28th, which I think is like the Monday or the Tuesday. It's the Monday before week Labor one. Day week. So basically, what you're saying is there's a chance your baby could miss week zero. Correct. Oh, my gosh. Correct, yes. But that's, we talked about it. Week zero this year. not a good week zero. No, I mean, you're right. The main thing is she's got to be here for week two. She <laughs> Like week week one was even like yeah, I'd prefer her to to see the Sunday LSU you know, maybe the FS, yeah, maybe that LSU, LSU game, game but like game. you know if if she's gonna miss a week, it feels like week <laughs> zero week one feels like that's a that's a pretty good time to miss. Well, congratulations to you and Aaliyah. Uh, I'm uh, looking forward to meeting this uh, future degenerate gambler of yours. Yeah, wow, what a I mean, and this is like uncharted territories for me because it's like not only am I from a family of all boys. Mm-hmm. Uh, from fourth grade on, I went to boys' school. Oh, like boy. this, is, the the world of womandom is is a foreign foreign concept to me. So well, that should be exciting. Hopefully, Aaliyah is prepared. Yes, uh, <laughs> but uh, no, it'll be a a great addition to the show. Uh, having you as a dad, we can we can we can exchange notes, mm. if you will. So, uh, but uh, a lot to get to. It's overreaction Monday, and we've got a lot to overreact to. We haven't we haven't been on air. I guess it was. The day before, the last time we were together on air was the day before free agency opened. So the Correct. day before the Thursday, the, yes, yeah, the day before the Derrick Rose signing happened. So we've got a lot to overreact to, particularly and on when, the, and to be like I did the show Friday, mm-hmm. and nothing had happened. Nothing yet. had happened at that point. Yeah, so we've got a lot to overreact to on the Grizzlies front. We'll get to that in a second. Two forty or so. Jason Munns, Tiger basketball beat writer for the Commercial Appeal, will join us. Get the latest on the Javon Quinterly uh, recruitment. The Alabama point guard uh, was in town, uh, I believe, last late last week, I think, uh, visiting Memphis. Um, and there's obviously a lot, of, a lot of rumblings that that could be coming down the pipe soon. Another transfer addition for Penny Hardaway, potentially. We'll, we'll get the latest from Munns on that front, as well as uh, we got news Friday uh, more news on the Mikey Williams front, or kind of—I I don't know if it's news. It's more uh, the the litigate or whatever. The his legal proceedings have been pushed back again. So we'll uh, we'll see what uh, what the chain reaction from that is uh, on the Memphis basketball front for months. Three o'clock or so, we'll get into the list. Um, two big stories in the college world. One, the whole. I, it, it appears to be getting wider by the minute, this uh, controversy at Northwestern with their football team. Hazing, now we're getting maybe racism involved in this as well. A- a- allegations of racism within the program. Allegations of s- hazing, including like some weird sexual sexual hazing, it feels like. Some some uncomfortable uncomfortable. Anytime you're mentioning dry humping in a football locker room context, it's it gets uncomfortable. Let's just be real here. Um, and so uh, we'll we'll dive into that north. Well, I do think their context matters because, like, I was thinking back to the football locker room. Like, wouldn't you occasionally have like the like everybody circles up? The problem is the term dry humping makes you think immediately something. Mm-hmm. Is this like eight guys jumping up and down? Like, I you know what I mean. I can safely the, say the, the that I've never... The degrees of dry humping. Oh, boy. Well, like, this is the other thing. Like, you do have to acknowledge, like, the claims are always going to be... The claims are going to read horrifically. Yeah, well, we'll dive into it. There's more emerging even today uh, related to that case. Also, uh, Bob Huggins wants his job back, Jeffrey. 
Maybe. Maybe, sort of. Uh, he resigned. Says he, now says he hasn't, didn't resign. Just a text message from his wife. West Virginia saying, oh, yes, you did resign. Uh, so we'll get into the, the Huggins uh, situation as well. Also, we got, we got Home Run Derby tonight, Jeffrey. It's Derby Day, baby. Yeah, it's it's uh, Home Run Derby Day. Um, and then maybe, you know, maybe we'll wrap things up with a little football take workshop, potentially. Yeah, I also, I went to Buck. We could, I, I could give you a take on the New York Times shutting down its sports section. We can get into that. Also, we got to discuss. I I had to go to Bucky's. Oh, interesting. Okay. Maybe I've never been to a Bucky's. Maybe I, that's, I, I had maybe to. Maybe we'll, we'll get the official yeah. Bucky's review uh, next hour. So lots and lots to get to. But let's start with our overreaction. Since uh, Friday, uh, we've had two press conferences out in Vegas. The Grizzlies held an introductory press conference for Marcus Smart with Taylor Jenkins and Zach Kleiman. Very casual feel. Did you notice that about the press yeah. conferences? We, we went straight, you know, whereas in the past, you know, like five years ago, we had the, you know, in the grand lobby of mm-hmm. the of FedEx Forum. Everyone's wearing suits. Everyone's dressed to the nines. Very uncomfortable, let's just be honest, up, in, up on like a big podium. Marcus Smart, starting with the Marcus Smart press conference Friday, we had, you know, I believe we had Taylor Jenkins just in, you know, co- collared shirt, uh, kind of a polo shirt, if you will, a golf shirt and slacks and, and sneakers. Had Marcus Smart dressed very casually. Zach Kleiman, same deal. Uh, no microphone stand, no podium, just sitting there with a handheld mic. Um, and same thing on Saturday when the Grizzlies out in Vegas had a press conference for Desmond Bain to announce his new uh, big extension. Um, here's what I'll say. my my over. I don't know if this is an overreaction. I think it will be. Uh, I think it is um, because I – I think there's some people who I guess are, I don't know, maybe I'm reading too much into Twitter. I probably am. Like some people who are underwhelmed by what the Grizzlies have done this offseason. Would you say that's fair? Some people? Yeah, I mean, that that sentiment's out there. But I also think, like, I think there's this weird reality in online NBA circles where when the event that you talked about and wanted to happen, mm-hmm. like, it, it's almost... It's almost similar to like when the college coach gets rumored and everyone gets excited, like this is the name. And then when that doesn't happen, everyone's kind of in this weird, like uh, how would, how do we feel about this? But I still felt like for the most part, I felt once the smart thing, once the smart trade happened, I sensed a lot of people started to get more excited about the season. Well, I just think, especially when you look at the other deals that were executed this offseason, like, I guess the Bradley Beal deal was a little sexier, but, like, I don't think Bradley Beal would have been a great fit on the Grizzlies. But, like, that's the other thing. Bradley Beal wasn't available to the Grizzlies. Yeah. Um, you know, and, like, what other deal? You know, OG Ananobi didn't get traded. Mikhail Bridges didn't get traded. I'm trying to think who else was, like, brought up. Tobias Harris didn't get traded. Like, all these other names, if you will, didn't get traded. Are you concerned that you're brand new? NFL owner seems to be spending all his money on his basketball team. Well, there's a start, there's a hard salary cap in the in the NFL, so yeah, but you can do th- like it. There is and there isn't. Like if you got cash, you can kind of avoid the salary cap. Well, See I would the Rams. hope. I would hope if he's buying two teams, he has enough money to provide for both of them. I just didn't. You feel like letting letting B ball Paul walk? That felt like. 
Yeah, I, I, I you know. But I uh, guess maybe you're sitting there going, "Hey, Embiid, the odds of Embiid playing a whole season, Embiid, yeah. It's a tradable contract cuz it's I believe the way it's if you look at the format of it, one of the years on the deal, I believe the first year is like a 15 million dollar hit. So like once you get through year 1 of that deal, it's it's actually becomes a two-year 9 million dollar deal. That yeah. becomes much it's like structured very strange. It's probably in hopes of try it, it was in hopes of Philadelphia not matching it. Yeah, I'm sure it's also it's probably fairly similar to like what the Grizzlies did with Tyus, in which mm-hmm. you give him this multi-year yes. deal, knowing but, like this guy's going to be a trade piece for us correct. at some point. Yeah. Yes. Um, well, here's what I'll say about the Grizzlies because here's what I think. I think personally, the Marcus Smart move. While we can quibble over, oh, they gave up two first-round picks and Tyus Jones from. I think in terms of fit, one of the best acquisitions of the offseason in the NBA. Yeah, I think— Like, in terms of what the Grizzlies needed, what they were looking for, a person who matches, you know, what they need. Like, I I tend to agree with Zach Kleiman. Like, there were not many guys in the NBA that were going to check as many boxes that the Grizzlies needed as Marcus Smart does. Like, they needed— another ball handler while Ja was out. They needed a guy to replace Dylan Brooks as a perimeter defender. They needed a veteran, you know, a guy with significant playoff experience. Uh, They needed more playmaking in their starting lineup. Like, he checks all those boxes for them. Yeah, this was what Clement said. Hardy, welcome to Marcus. You know, here this is Hardy, someone that we have been incredibly excited to bring into this organization. When we took a step back coming out of this last season and said, "What are the things that we're looking, you know, to add in this group?" And you, you, you know, you put out the boxes that you're trying to check, and we're looking for, you know, someone who can be the lockdown defender, you know, versatile across positions. You know, we're looking for more playmaking. We're looking for, you know, someone who's battle tested, you know, at the highest levels of the NBA. You know, to find someone, and I don't think there's many players, you know, in the NBA, and I think Marcus is the very best of them who kind of checks all of those boxes to be able to to bring that that type of player, that type of person into this organization, but much more importantly, someone who also just passes the gut test. You know, Marcus is someone that huge for is, us is just yeah, huge for this show. Yep. You know, someone who's willed his team. You know, through playoff series, who's been to the finals, who's been to Eastern Conference Finals. You know, many times. This is the type of person that we believe is going to help us really elevate the group and get to where we want to get to, which is winning the first championship in Memphis. So welcome to Marcus. And as we're, you know, to, to hit on the larger question of, you know, what our, our um, you know, looking ahead to this coming season, we're really excited about what we've been able to do with the, the entire group, bringing in Marcus, bringing in Derek Rose, who I think is also going to be a great, you know, veteran addition to this group. Um, we've got a lot of guys who are, are putting in great work in summer league, you know, here as well. And, and we're excited to see them take the next, you know, the next step forward. But um, having Marcus, you know, really driving winning as a significant part of this is, um, you know, a, a major driver of something we were hoping to accomplish this off season. So we're thrilled to have Marcus with us. So well, you're right. Absolutely right. We're a big gut like, test show. Yeah. I mean, and, listen, you can have all your fancy numbers and whatnot, and we're not dismissive of them, but, we but also, the reality is, like, do, is is Marcus Smart going to be one of your five on the court in Game Six of the playoffs? Yes, he is. Yeah, yes, he is for this team. He's going to be one of the five guys on the court in crunch time of a playoff game. Or, or you certainly hope so. Yes, you know, but like my gut tells yes. me he's going to be one of the five guys on the court. Yes, hundred percent for the Grizzlies in those moments. And, um, but what Kleiman was sort of saying at the end kind of gets to what I want my overreaction. I think the Grizzlies are back in the spot 
where they are at their best. And that applies to the Grizzlies, and, and it applies also, I think, a little bit now to John Morant since he started. We've seen, we've seen him surface a little more on social media during the last week we've been out. Um, but I'll start with the Grizzlies because, as Kleiman pointed out there, he feels really good about the group, and I, fe- I feel pretty good about their roster. I, I do think the back end of it is still, you know, a problem in the sense that they've got a lot. It feels like they've got the back five or six of their, of their you know, if there's 15 guys on a roster, not counting the two-way guys, feels like, you know, they've got too, too many players who feel like they're not going to be contributors during the playoffs whatsoever. Yeah, they they feel like they have a log jam at the back part of the rotation. Yes. I would agree. And they did not solve that in 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 some ways probably maybe added to it a little bit with the Derrick Rose signing, which was done for different reasons, but like I don't expect Derrick Rose to be part of the playoff rotation. Yeah, I think it's simple like for me the Derrick Rose addition is part of another I think theme of this offseason was we've got to get Ja in the best possible position for success. Mm-hmm. And to me, that leads to that. No, I think they did a lot of research on on Derrick Rose, um, digging into his background, digging into whether like Ja would listen to him. To be quite sure. honest, um, and I think that was part of it. But I think they're in a good spot in this sense. Let's go. Th- like when they, when we come out with the win total projections in a couple weeks or whatever it is, when when we get predictions for the pecking order in the West this off season. Even though the Grizzlies have finished second in the West the past two years in the regular season, I think it's safe to say Denver's going to get picked ahead of them. I think it's safe to say the Lakers are going to get picked ahead of them. I think it's safe to say Phoenix will be picked ahead of them. Do, or do you want what? I've, I can do some odds now. Do you want just the West or do you want to win the NBA title? Just the West. Okay. Go through the West. All three of those have better odds, right? Yep. Do the Clippers? Slightly. So Clippers are ahead of them. Golden State? Yep. And then I think that's where maybe Memphis settles in in the predictions. That is sixth. So right now. Them, or Den- them Dallas, Oklahoma City maybe is in there, maybe. Uh, the Kings. So Oh, yeah, Sacramento. So, yeah. so basically is right now Denver's at plus 230. Mm-hmm. The Suns are at plus 315. Mm-hmm. The Warriors are plus 325. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, 625. So a decent gap between two. Not not much separation between one and two. Those are the clear favorites. Then you have a decent little kind of mushy middle between the Warriors, the Lakers, and the Clippers at three, four, and five. And then the Grizzlies and Mavs are essentially a toss-up right there at the sixth spot. This is where this team has thrived. These group of players, like they did not thrive last year with the target on their back. I think it's safe to say. I know they finished second in the West, but that was a messy second in the West. Yeah, I'd agree with you. Um, they and, and and Taylor Jenkins has alluded. To and this. part of the second in the West was the fact that like the West in general just became like this mushy mess. And yes. then you had you, know, you had teams that were essentially like new teams after I mean, look, the after like, the All Star. The they were the se- they were the seventh seed. They did not look like the seventh seed by the time the playoffs. Well, and then like look at what Phoenix was in the playoffs versus what they'd been for much of the season. You, know, you add Durant, whatnot, and you know teams completely changed at the deadline. Yes, um, but I think this is a good. That's a good spot. Like that's where the Grizzlies have traditionally, and this group of Grizzlies have have traditionally thrived. The overlooked, disrespected, nobody believes in us 
card, if you will. Would you not agree with that? Yes, I think they are much better at chasing than they are yes. at front run. And I think people, even though, like I said, I think the Marcus Smart move, if you put it, you stack it up with all the moves that were made, the players that changed teams this free agency and this offseason, like I'd, I'd put it up there as one of the better moves made this offseason by a team in terms of what did they need, how does it fit. Like I, Like I'm struggling to find one where I go like, that was a clear-cut better move for that team. Like, even the Bradley Beal move, like... I mean, I guess the one caveat is it still feels like with Dame on this, you know, this weird purgatory for Lillard, what's, what are the aftershocks of that? But no, I, Yeah, what happens with Harden and Lillard? But I'm, those moves haven't been made. Correct. Those moves haven't been made yet. So, um, you know, I can't, you know, I don't, I don't know if I can think of anything else. And so, and then you've got... Frankly, the return of John Morant to Twitter, which double-edged sword. I'm going to be honest. Even though the version of Ja that has shown up on Twitter lately, like for instance, it's a it's it's kind of a throwback to the first couple years of Ja. We've got a tweet from yesterday. Everything is being noted with a with a pen emoji, mm-hmm. you know, a handwriting yep. emoji. We've Note got taking. we've got the Z Will slander is crazy. Can't wait for my little brother my my L.A. brother to prove himself when he get the chance to. And then he's got the the meditation emojis. So we've got we've got a couple of follow-ups on the slander. Are we talking the basketball slander? Or we... I think I think it's, he's talking about the speculation that, like, Zaire— Could get moved. Well, like, yeah, like Zaire Williams somehow chose not to play in summer league. No, the Grizzlies told him to do this instead of this. Like, you can disagree with him, like, the Grizzlies' standpoint— Zaire Williams is not like big timing summer league. No. The Grizzlies told him yeah, no, this is what we want you to do, and that's what he's doing. So if you have a problem with it, that also you got the, a problem with the Grizzlies, not Zaire Williams. That also feels like the move that you'll see on social media where you start inventing an argument that's not really out there. Yeah. I think much of the Zaire questions were like did he have surgery? Like it was it was it's, the way the Grizzlies are talking about it behind the scenes is he dealt with knee tendonitis right. all last season, and they don't want it to happen again. And so, knee tendonitis is from wear and tear. Like that, I is- just didn't sense a lot of. I, I the only thing I saw that I that I was I was like, this kind of feels legitimate. It's like, well, what's up here? Like, is he hurt? And then they they answered that. And so, I just didn't feel like that was all that. Serious. Well, and and I think I think some people, and I think right, I don't think I don't think it's crazy if you're someone who's like. I've kind of given up on Zaire Williams being like a prominent piece of this, this, if you will, moving forward. I don't think that's crazy. I don't know if, I, and maybe that's what he's he's referring to, Ja. There, like giving up on Zaire Williams is like now. What I do think Zaire Williams has done, whereas I thought going into last year he was kind of a a favored piece, if you will, to the point that they cleared out some things to make room, you know, give him a bigger role. Right? Wouldn't you agree with that? Yeah. I don't think I think now he's back, you know, because of how last year went, he's back in the group, if you will. Yeah. With like him, Laredia, Roddy, Roddy, yeah. Like they don't care which one they just they just need one of those guys to emerge. They Correct. don't care which one it is. Yeah, I'm with you. Um but I mean I think probably selfishly that there's probably the hope that it's Zaire, because don't you feel like Zaire probably has a little bit more ceiling just because of pure athleticism and length? I think Zaire Zaire's ceiling seems to be higher than the other two guys. Yeah, but I'm with you. I, I don't think it's going to be like 
we're going to force Zaire to be this guy. Like, I'm with you. I think it's whoever develops, develops. Yes. Um, and then we've got, you know, motivational sayings. Don't let people steal your joy. You lose your joy. You lose your strength. Maybe he's picked that. I like that saying just because it feels like it's something he may have picked up in whatever he's doing. You know, yeah. in terms of whatever. But regardless, my, my larger point here is we're getting John Morant defending his teammates, which is what he, remember, he used to do that on Twitter a lot. We're getting John Morant, you know, making sure you know that he's uh, taking notes. Oh, we also got um, when Isaiah Thomas, not not Pistons Isaiah Thomas, but Lil Isaiah Thomas. If, I guess they're both kind of little. One was Boston Celtics slash who else did Isaiah Cavs, Thomas right? play for? Or the Bulls maybe? I don't remember who he played for. I, I just remember Bulls, the Bulls. Ca- the- I think he got traded to the Cavs, and I think he was hurt. And it just University of Washington Isaiah yes. Thomas, the more recent one, tweeted out. Watch what type of season Ja has next year with D. Rose connected to his hip all year long. Once he gets off suspension, he will have his best season yet. That D. Rose presence is going to have him on some MVPs. Watch. And Ja retweeted that with, you too loud, OG. They're going to feel me for show. Um, but we've got, we've, got, we've got disrespected Ja. You know, Ja overlooked. Feeling, slighted Ja. Slighted Ja. This is the best we've, we've noted here on this show in the past. That's the best version of job, both as a player and on social media. Yeah, I agree with you. Not tough guy job. Not like you know, like putting out rap lyrics job. Like yeah. it's or like the the in your feels, which is fine. I don't yeah. know. I guess I guess where I net out that. But both of them back back kind of in the comfort zone. Again, I think I'd still rather have Ja just not on social media at all, given his history at this point. Like I'd rather him turn it over to a PR professional. And not have him on Twitter a lot, but if he's gonna, if he feels like he has to be on Twitter, this is the version I like. Yeah, it's fun. I don't know. I guess where I net out is I don't really care what you're doing on Twitter in July. Like to me, the yeah. more more interesting as the Jaw story, which I 100% agree is a big part of the season. Where it starts to become interesting for me is as we get closer to the season. Like where where is he at then? Yeah, yeah. Um, so I just think I, I kind of like now that we we've seen the dust is settled, we see where the Grizzlies are at. Do I think they're you know they should be higher in the Western Conference pecking order? You know I think I def I still think I think they should probably be fourth. Would be my gut take on where they like. I think the Marcus Smart move is being underappreciated nationally. I still don't think like I think the Lakers had a great off season. I think Phoenix did what those Miami Heat teams did in the past, where they convinced several guys to take less money in order to play for the, play with these three superstars. They got I think that's a good a really good roster that they've put together in Phoenix now because of that. And then obviously what Denver did, you know, they have you you would uh, they have to be ahead of the Grizzlies. Uh what they did last season. Yeah, I don't know. I guess the way I still look at it is like I'm fine if they're like, to me it seems like it's kind of tiered. Mm-hmm. And they're I, in the second tier. Still. I think they're in the second tier, which yep. is, I think, somewhat appropriate given what they've proven. But I also think it's important to note the teams that would even be quote unquote picked in front of them. I don't think it's going to get. I don't think it's as clear as it was like ten and, years ago. Yeah. No, you're right. I wouldn't. It doesn't feel like. Well, like I, the Nuggets title, and I'm not. I'm not diminishing the title. 
But a big part of the story for the title is they stayed remarkably healthy during the playoffs. Yeah. Well, I do think the Lakers and Phoenix have very high ceilings as a team. They I do, don't know they if also, it'll work, they, but they have I, very high ceilings. I feel, but I also feel like they have low floors. Yes. I don't know. How people, I think the Grizzlies have a higher floor than both of them. Yes. But I do think they both have higher ceilings than the Grizzlies fair. is currently constituted. Yeah. From what we've seen thus far. Like, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah. But I just think in general, it's been a, a solid, like, uh, we said it from the get-go. This was going to be a difficult offseason for the Grizzlies in terms of what they were trying to execute. I don't think it's been, like, I don't, I wouldn't give it an A+, plus, but I think they've done a pretty good job. Like, that that's kind of where I'd come out on where this, what this Grizzlies offseason has been. Given the circumstances, I think they added a very meaningful player in Marcus Smart. And that's kind of what you were looking to get out of this offseason. Let's uh, can they add a guy? Can they upgrade the fourth spot? And I think they might have. Yeah, I guess where I look at it is I think when you got to the end of last season, it became clear to me like they had to shake it up. Yeah. And there's only so much shaking up you can do because in the end, this team's success boils down to Ja, Jaron, Des. Yeah. I do think what they did was they added they added pieces that I think they needed. Like I think you need the Marcus Smart dog element. Like I, mm-hmm. we've talked about it with Dylan. It's not that Dylan wasn't tough and that he didn't provide anything. It's but it just always felt like it was more. Look, they even talked about it in the press conference. Marcus Smart two years ago drew more charges than the entire Grizzlies team. Yeah, I thought Jenkins was going to need a new pair of pants after that. <laughs> um, also, we got to talk about he, we got to talk about our boy climbing. Oh yeah, what about it? Did you? Did you watch the video? I did. Our boy did a move that I'm familiar with recently. Oh god. He uh what's put, that? Pullover the 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 Nike pullover which is let me just tell you as long as you get a big enough size it's a, it's very helpful as a, a piece of clothing. But he did a move where he like pulled up his pants and you're like ooh. Well, you know, like I feel like if I was an NBA GM, like don't you agree like that that 3 weeks from like the draft till like the end of free agency you're literally I would probably be working through the night eating like crap the 100%. entire time. It's like, like it's like having a job on the road. Yeah. yeah. It's like you're, you're probably for three weeks. Yes. You probably gain like fifteen pounds yeah. really quickly. And it's all like you know, and then you lose it once yeah. you you know, once you get to August. Yeah, but then you hit your thirties and it doesn't well, yeah, you, shit. You no, know, the sh- problem is when you put on like ten or fifteen yeah. pounds, it's a little harder you might lose some of it yeah. once you get older, but sometimes you don't lose, you all, lose of all of it. But no, I he, he I, I did not notice that. There was a move where he pulled up his pants like, ooh, I know that move. <laughs> they weren't fitting quite yeah. right. Yeah. It was well, kind of a ROM move. You know, we've talked about how ROM. ROM can like ROM can like grab that belt loop and just kind of like casually bring it up a little bit. It's a good move. Yeah, well, I think he did a I think he did all right this offseason. Like I think I don't know if it's gonna work ultimately. Like we don't know until Marcus Smart takes the court, but I I think all things considered, they did pretty well for themselves this offseason. I mean, I guess you have to look at it this way. Fundamentally, what the ju- like the all the moves they're going to be judged by, are they going to be better? I don't necessarily know if they're like 100% better, but I do know that this feels like a this feels like a mix that I would rather take into a playoff series than what we've seen. And part of it though is we've seen what they've taken into the playoff series and they haven't been able to get over the hump. This feels a little different. Yes. Well, it's it, it's the first time 
since this front office took over that they made win now moves. Yeah, I'd agree. Like they didn't they were they were making they like they made some moves that were, you know, not necessarily like prospect driven or draft pick driven in the past, but these were definitive win now moves that they made. Yeah, I agree with that. And um so we'll see. But I, I kinda like the spot there and all right, here's a here's an overreaction. I don't right. think enough people are talking about this. I think Dylan Brooks might be the biggest winner of NBA free agency. That contract he's getting is above and beyond what I thought he was going to get. Frankly, I thought it was, even when I was, like, thinking about Dylan in his peak condition, if you will. Sure. I didn't think he'd get 40 years, $90 million, potentially. No, I I don't have a problem with this overreaction because, in the end, I think as long as he got anything more than four years, $60 million, which is likely what the— that's most likely the contract the Grizzlies offered, the extension mm-hmm. they offered. Mm-hmm. Anything over that is a win, and he got significantly over that. Yeah, and then also you factor in there's probably got to be kind of like a personal win for him, and that you know he's having to sit there and hear all the jokes about enjoy playing in China. Well, you next saw year. his agent like tweeted out like these Chinese characters, and then Dylan like after the signing happened, just kind of as a yeah. No, I, to I, I, I'm, I'm I can get on board on this take like. I, I'm stunned at how much money he's getting. I'm happy for him. I think it's, you know, I don't think he's worth, he's not, I don't think he's a $20 million a year player the way he played the last year, you know, last two seasons. But, well, I think baked into that opinion, though, is, okay, like, let's look where he he's. took advantage of circumstances. Well, and let's look where he's going. No, he's going to a place. The Part of the reason he's getting that money is, one, it's a declining numbers. Yeah. They needed a certain amount of salary this yes. season and next season especially. And then the last two years, it becomes, once again, kind of probably a tradable contract. Yeah. No, um, but I, I'm with you. I, I mean, still, he just got $90 million. Dylan Brooks just had the worst shooting season of his career. He got 80 guaranteed, right? It's like 84 guaranteed, okay. I think. And then it could go up to 90. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that's pretty good. Especially coming off a series where he was, like, literally the brunt of every joke in the NBA. Yes. Coming off that Lakers series, yeah, no, I, I'm, 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 I can get down on this take. Yeah, you know who my biggest loser is? I think. Okay, let me see if I can guess. Biggest loser. It's a player. Um, is it Dame? Yes. All right. I think his reputation took a hit from how this is all him like demanding to go to Miami. Like, I think like. All like his part of his allure was like, oh, this is the guy who loves playing in Portland, is loyal, and like I get if he wanted to get out, but he's handled, he's mishandled it all. Yeah, he he was walking a fine line in previous years, and this year it jumped the shark. And what really got to me is now his is his agent going on the record and basically saying. He wants to play in Miami, and if anyone else trades for him, they're getting a disgruntled. They're getting a guy who essentially won't report. And it's like, screw you, dude! You signed the supermax with Portland. You put yourself in this situation. You knew that they were going to retool at some point. Is he a bigger loser than Jordan Poole? <sighs> yeah, because I think Jordan Poole's going to like it in Washington. He can just chuck up a bunch of shots. Okay, so the only thing I think I, Jordan Poole is going to average like twenty. Everyone's going to get a misconception of Jordan Poole because he's going to average like twenty six points a game, shooting twenty six shots a game. I guess the the biggest problem that I have with the whole Dame thing is, if you were someone that bought the PR, mm-hmm. then yes, this is I think somewhat a hit to that notion. But if you were paying attention, like 
he would drop the PR line of like here forever, and then you'd hear, you know, le- no, no, he walked a fine line for I, a couple I think, years. I think the lesson is, don't try to play both sides. Yeah, like, no, that's what I'm saying. I just think he did damage to his reputation with the way he's handled this, and maybe in his mind, it'll all be worth it if he like forces Portland's hand and winds up in Miami. But if I'm Portland, I'm tr- I'm approaching it exactly the way they, they it seems they are. I'm not. I'm not kowtowing to Damian Lillard. I'll, I'll wait him out like Daryl Morey did with Ben Simmons. That's what I would do. Yeah, and I presume that's like I, I'll, I'll trade you, but I'm not going to just trade you to Miami. I'm going to get the best deal possible. And if that means you you decide to sit out this season, well, go ahead. That's going to hurt your reputation even more. Yeah, I don't know. The problem is the dance that you have to do of getting the best possible deal. And then if that deal doesn't come, then it feels like the value, then then you you wind up like you wind up risking trying to get this big deal. Mm-hmm. And if you if it works out that someone offers that kind of deal, then you you look smart. But it feels like there's like a period where if you start the season, then there becomes like pressure just to make a deal. Yeah, I just think I'm calling I'm calling Lillard's bluff. I don't think he won't I don't think he'll sit out. You might get like yeah, like, well, there's. I mean, the other aspect of it is if he sits out too much, he can't. You know, he he can't get all the awards and accolades. He can't get accolades. Money. He can't get. He loses money. I mean, like, I mean, look, New Orleans waited out Anthony Davis to a certain extent. Now it was an uncomfortable situation for like an entire season. Remember where like Davis was playing, but clearly wasn't going hard, and then like every other week there'd be a new injury, a, yeah, that, phantom knee, yeah, that he wouldn't play. But you know what? New Orleans got a really good deal. Like, they held strong. It was clear he wanted to go to the Lakers. They didn't just pull the trigger right away. They waited it out. And in the end, they got a good deal out of it, the Pelicans, I thought. All things considered, considering you're going to have to trade Davis. And I don't think I think, Lil, I don't think Lillard will sit out. I don't, I don't think he'll do that. But I think he's – he came away to me as, like, my, my feelings about him are different now than they were before. I don't like how he handled this. Yeah, and I think that's all just like a matter of where were you to begin with. Yeah. All right, let's turn our attention to Tiger basketball. Let's get all the updates from Jason Munns when he joins us next right here on Giannotto and Jeffrey. 92.9 FM. Yeah. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
ESPN. Twitter at Munsley. He joins us each and every Monday on the program. Muns, what are we listening to? This is Starfire 500. Jeffrey, it's uh, off the debut album of Amel and the Snippers, a uh, uh, really, really great punk rock band out of Australia. Yes, apparently, according to YouTube, you can now see them at the McKee Rocks Pennsylvania Amphitheater on October 21st. Okay. Wow. That's How about that? Far away. Um, well, Muns, good to hear from you. Um, hey, Mark. Yeah, we haven't had you on in a, you know, we were off last Monday. And uh, so uh, good to have you on now. It's We're still getting uh, Tiger basketball news percolating here in July. Um, let's start with the Javon Quinterly uh, recruitment, if you will, or transfer. Uh, the Alabama transfer was here on campus reportedly late last week after the July 4th holiday. Um, give us the latest there. What have, what are you hearing about how the visit went? Um, is he has he visited anywhere else? What what do you expect in terms of uh, a decision timeline, if you will? Yeah, so um, there really hasn't been much uh, in the way of information, um, you know, like being relayed about uh, how the visit went. I mean, I know I know he was here. I know that you know he did all the things that. <laughs> that uh, recruits do when they are on campus for a visit at Memphis. And I mean, I, I, I would assume that if it went poorly, we would have, uh, you know, would have found out about that by now. But um, yeah. So in, in, in the conversations that I've had uh, about him and his situation, it's been patience, 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 like, you know, I, I, I get the very, very distinct impression that Memphis uh, uh, has known that this, like they knew going in that this was not going to be a snap your fingers and it happens type of situation. Um, and, and you know, I, that still holds true today. I mean, I, I've talked to several folks today who um, still feel very good about uh, where Memphis stands in its pursuit of Javon Quinterly. So, um, I mean, you know, you haven't seen anything out there with, with the national uh, media talking about um, other visits or, you know, any any new uh, major developments in his, uh, you know, related to him. And I would say until that happens, if it is going to happen, it might not. Um, I, I, I doubt it will. But, uh I, I would, you know, I, I feel good about Memphis and Javon Quinterly um, until that time comes, if it if it does come. Is this different than the Jaden Bradley situation? Because it feels like in both situations, it was very hot early, and then yeah. you got the visit, everyone was feeling pretty good, and then it, you started to not hear as much. That yeah. could be by design. And then he's, you're now hearing other visits, so... It, if you're someone sitting there going like this, kind of has whiffs of that. Do you think that that's a fair, a fair conclusion? Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's hard not to. I mean, you're talking about two point guards from the same school entertaining, possibly going to Memphis. I mean, like, so it's hard not to draw the parallels. But, but you know, that being said, uh, like I was saying before, there there have not been any uh, 
inklings or reports or you know whatever there's no been there's been no rumors that he's on campus uh, or reports that he's been on campus somewhere else or that he's got another visit set up somewhere else um like i was saying before from the outset uh i was hearing you know just got to be patient and so um i uh i i i'm i'm like i'm gonna continue to be patient um and and you know, like i said i think it, i think it eventually will get done i don't blame anybody for for having uh uh you know i guess ptsd or whatever um you want to call it uh with the Jaden bradley thing but i don't think that i don't think this is that um i think this is a little bit different and i guess is it how how would you think that it's different because like on the one hand, like I don't see Arizona involved, and I don't know if people paid attention to this. Do you see Arizona's like in line to get their first five-star football player? Yes, like, it, I know this because I have relatives who I was with who are from live in Tucson and are Arizona fans. But apparently, he's got a brother on the team. Okay, and I mean, but to me, like the bigger deal is okay. Arizona's clearly yeah, they got some NIL. They're clearly being a player yeah. with with the NIL war chest, and to me, like I don't see an Arizona type threat. I guess it's just – I guess I'm still – the problem that I have is I'm used to when it gets to campus, that's usually it, – it's done for Memphis. And it seems like this is a little different now. Yeah, I, I would say – I would say that's – yeah, I mean, like the, the, the evidence is there that that's not necessarily always going to be the case. Um, it was, I think, for Caleb Mills. I think he – Committed pretty quick after he was here. Uh, shoot, uh, Jonathan Pierre. Yeah, that whole that, that contingent. Remember, it was hit them two, and then the Lenard T. Uh, T Lenard also committed yep. right away after visiting. Um, yeah, and it could be. I mean, like you know, this could, you know we've seen it with Penny in the past. These kids have you know told them on the visit, "Hey, I'm committing," and then it, it, there's a few week gap before they actually announce it. Um, we've seen right. that in the past. Now, here's my question. Let's say, let's say worst case scenario here, they don't get. Javon Quinterly, is that like a disaster for them at this point, or do you feel like I, I kind of view him as like almost like a cherry on top at this point um, of this roster? I, it would help to have an established point guard like him. Uh, you could slot him right in pretty easily, but I don't view it anymore as like some essential get for them. Like I think they've got a pretty, especially if DeAndre DeAndre Williams is eligible. I think they've got a pretty good roster as is. I think you could look at it that way that it would that that Javon uh, would be, as you said, sort of a cherry on top. But the reason why I say that is not because I think that uh, you know he would just be some luxury that the current Memphis roster would have if he came here. I I I, I tend to think that. I tend to view him that way only because I know that he's not he w- if he if he doesn't wind up at Memphis he's not going to be the last resort for Penny Hardaway and Ray Stansberry and the rest of that coaching staff like they're going to they're going to make sure they go out and get somebody to to run the show. I I feel very very strongly about that and uh and that's why I think it wouldn't be it would not be uh, like you know any sort of panic situation if he wound up not 
uh, committing and coming to Memphis. Um, so what you're saying is even though a lot of the fan base is focused on Quinterly, they're also recruiting other guys right now that just aren't necessarily being named. I don't know that I'd even go that far. I just think that Memphis is very, very comfortable working this way. Um, I, I'm not. I'm not saying that they are actively engaged with anyone else at the moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, not saying that at all. I'm just saying that, like, if if it were to come to the point where uh, where Quinterly, you know, ultimately went somewhere else, I think Memphis would be would have no problem pivoting and working something else out somewhere else with some, you know, with someone else. Interesting. Well, it's a, it's a fascinating development. And then you factor in the news from Friday out of San Diego that Mikey Williams' preliminary hearing has now been pushed back, pushed back to September, um, which would, you know, yeah, which really complicates things if it gets there. I wasn't sure what, I, I think people's immediate reaction was, well, this is, this is, you know, it's the writing's on the wall now. If he if he's not even going to have the preliminary hearing till the middle of September, how is he going to enroll in school? Um, but my initial reaction was one: Is the court going to tell him he can't enroll in school? Is it therefore going to be Memphis's call whether he enroll? Like you know, as long as the court says he he's allowed to travel within the country. Which he's already done since his arrest. Yeah, so we know that he played in Washington D.C. at that uh, at that All Star game. So yeah, like, if so, there was any limit to his travel, we would have probably found out about it. By like now. I could understand maybe they say you can't go to the Dominican. You know, you can't leave the country. But right. um, could he just come to Memphis now and then go back for the preliminary hearing? That's one option. Two, when I see preliminary hearing got pushed back. My my radar is my gut instinct on it is, oh well, the parties want more time to talk about a settlement. That's how I look yes. at when they push back a preliminary hearing like that. Yes, I mean I think all of that is, um, is like where is where normal. are we on the Mikey situation? Do you, I mean like do you did you come away from Friday's news thinking it's less likely that he is going less likely than it already was? that he's going to be on this team this year, that he's going to enroll at Memphis? Yeah, I did. Um, I mean, it's kind of hard. I mean, you know, the answer to that question is yes. Um, but, like, I don't I, – I did. I also didn't come away from it. Uh, like, you, you, I mean, there were, there's a variety of things that I'm thinking about. Uh, so to your, to your uh, question about could he enroll – um, and and then go back maybe whatever for the preliminary hearing and, and everything else. I mean, my thought on that is, wouldn't he have already done that? Wouldn't he have already come here um, if that was the plan? If that was Good going point. to be the plan? Yeah. Um, I feel like he would have already done that, and he hasn't. Um, but you know, again, I, I, I just don't. Yeah, I could I could see a, a scenario where. Pushing it back that far gives you know more room to nego- gives gives both sides more room to negotiate. I could totally see that, but um, I also just I also just have to wonder if you know like is he gonna, just, is there even a way he's like let's say this can all you works really out. Bring him on, can you really bring him onto campus if this is undecided? 
I think you can, but will you? I don't think. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I can you? Yes. Yeah, I will. The University of Memphis do that? I don't think so. Because I think Jason yeah, makes a good point. Like, if that was going to be the case, he'd already be working out here now. He'd right, be here right. already. Um, That's my thought. Yeah. Well, the, the thing I bring up is, like, let's say they do get Javon Quinterly. Like, is he even going to be happy here at Memphis with, like, let's just be honest, a roster where at best he'd start out as, like, the eighth man, probably. Right. See, you that's know? the other part in this whole. That's the other part in this whole thing is like, I if if it goes the way I expect it to go, and Memphis gets Javon Quinterly, then I think at that point both sides will just sort of amicably, uh, you know, it, it, it would make sense for for there to be an amicable split at that point. Like, you know, Memphis has to do what it has to do. Um, because there's no guarantees with Mikey and his legal situation. And then Mikey probably would be best served from a, a personal standpoint to not even add more to his plate. Like concentrate on getting your personal situation squared away. And then, and then, you know, you can go from there. But um, it, it does seem like, especially if Quinterly uh, makes it to Memphis, it does feel like, uh, that and the delay and the preliminary hearing getting delayed again until September. Um, you know, he's, he's so, he's, he's so far behind the eight ball as it is Mikey. I'm talking about, um, you know, the other three freshmen have been here for more than a month now. Uh, some of the transfers have been here more than a month now. And you're absolutely right. If they get Javon Quinterly or some other point guard, uh, you know, uh, why, if you're Mikey Williams, why would you come here in that, in that, situation anyway i can already envision us the spit jeffrey would you would you buy into the spin if mikey comes back when he whenever he's allowed to speak publicly whenever he decides to they're just taking a gap year you know just like a normal you know yeah i i, I guess taking the, a gap year the reaction that i keep having is like when you, i don't know what his pro options are really gonna be because i don't think he's necessarily good enough to go play for the g league night i don't know if that overtime elite takes guys like him that are done with high school yeah, I, I, mean, I don't maybe know. they would. The way that, when we just keep talking it out right here, my mind just keeps going to I don't think he's playing basketball this year, or at least college basketball. No, college basketball. Yeah, yeah. NBL feels like you know something like that, right? Yeah. The NBL. Go to go to, go to yeah. Australia or New Zealand or whatever, whatever. Uh, I mean, he'd have to get the legal stuff though. There's no way you're leaving the country. Oh yeah, yeah. I guess that's true. Yeah. That's true. He's in a he's in a he put himself in a sticky situation yeah. here, um, and and with the with the court case extending out like this, it make it doesn't make it it doesn't make it more simple. Um, no. no, not at all. Um, yeah, so it's uh, it's it's fascinating stuff. But but the roster looks pretty good. I mean, all the you know, like you know, you look at. I think we. I don't think we had you on since Jordan Brown committed. I mean, when you look at the totality. Of the off season, from a just strictly personnel standpoint, especially over the last several weeks, Penny Hardaway has once again. It feels like, fig, you know, he's adjusted once again. He's kind of shown us, and and it feels like shown college basketball that like there's some real advantages to striking late, if that makes sense. Like there's there's just it, just because you didn't load up in April, he I think what he's proven this offseason is like that doesn't necessarily matter if you're the right type of recruiter. 
Yeah, I mean, I think what this off the the difference between this off season and and the previous two off seasons where they got guys late um, uh, is they have shown like much more intentionality, um, like less of a like far less of a um, like predilection to settle. Um, like they've, they've, you know, like I said, there's, there's patience with the Devon Quinterly situation. They, this, this Memphis staff has been very patient. The Jordan Brown um, situation, it seems like was a, you know, a patience thing. Yeah, exactly. And, and could have taken Musa Cisse, but you know what you said, exactly. you know what, we're going to wait and see. Maybe someone like Jordan Brown comes available, becomes available. Could, could, could have in all, uh, reality, Probably the easiest thing in all seriousness to probably go and do was to get to, uh, to, to bring Jamarian Sharp from Western Kentucky to, you know, with, with, you know, have Rick bringing, bring him with him to, uh, to Memphis and, you know, they didn't settle and they wound up getting the uh, Lou Henson award winner, the guy who was a, what, a freshman of the year in the mountain West and six man of the year in the PAC 12 a few years ago. This episode is brought to you by progressive insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates – Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See t 